welcome to Hope Vale. Today we are going to do some worship right now, so go ahead and stand and join with us.
It's a new song for us. You probably know it. It's been on the radio for a while. Let's sing it together. Wash by the water. Daddy was a preacher. She was his wife. Just trying to make the world a little better, you know, shine a light. And people started talking just to hear their own voice. And those people tried to kill us. My father said he made the wrong choice. And though it might be painful, know the time will always tell. And those people have long since gone by. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, mm, yeah. I am washed by the water. for us to come to church that to know that even when tough stuff is going on uh, if we are people who have chosen to follow and live for the Lord that we're washed by this water that we're cleansed that we're forgiven that we've got support that uh, we have this uh, undergirding under us so what a great reminder glad you're here today glad you've chosen Hope Vale I'm Billy I'm the worship pastor and uh, just on behalf of myself and uh, everybody else who calls Hope Vale home glad you're here Hey, while you're standing, we do this thing called the meet and greet. Be nice to introverts. Say hi to somebody around you, and we'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Hello, Hopevale. So good to be worshiping with you this morning. If you are new or visiting, welcome. We are so glad you are here. 
My name is Ashley Kirby. I am a leader with our young adult group called Aftershock. If you are between the ages of 21 and 35 and want to come hang out with us, we'd love to have you. We meet here every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. in the venue. If you have any questions or want to introduce yourself, I'll be hanging out around up here after the service. Also, our children's, youth, and adult ministries have started, so if you're interested in any of those, check out your bulletins or go to hopevale.org for more information. Now we're going to go into our time of offering, so I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward. This is a time of worship and an opportunity for us to obediently give back to God a portion of what he has blessed us with. Let's pray over that this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for a place that we can come together and worship you and learn more about you and grow closer to you. And thank you for this offering, and we pray that it is used to glorify you and to further your kingdom. We pray for those who are affected by the hurricane um, and who will be affected by the hurricane, and we pray that you give them comfort and give them peace and help others to wrap their arms around them. And we love you so much. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, so we need to keep uh, North Carolina and uh, surrounding states in our prayers, friends. I know we've all been seeing what's going on in the news with that hurricane this weekend. Some losses of life, some tough stuff we've seen. Um, pretty hard watching some of those things. And the rain's not uh, done yet. It's still falling. A lot, a lot to keep up with over there. So, um, you know, we're singing this song in just a few moments after this song. And we're singing the words, uh, you know... Uh, about how his love's like a hurricane, um, and we, the irony did not uh, pass us by. Uh, so, uh, still being sensitive to those things, uh, we continue in worship. So, uh, we're going to sing this song um, called uh, Jesus I Come. It's sort of a modern day hymn. I love this tune. Uh, it's about, there's so many different ways that we're telling um, Jesus that we come and that we're coming to him. And I think about how um, the Lord says, uh, and he, he bids us come, and how the Lord always bids us to come, and to come to him, and he says, you know, all who are thirsty and all who are weak, come and, and drink from the fountain, and he, how he provides life that way, and uh, so we'll do that together, so we'll come, you've chosen to be here today with your presence, and so let's be here in our hearts and in our spirits and offering our lives to the things of God and Christ today as Rachel leads us. Thanks.
It's this great love you have for us through your son that causes us uh, to come back to a place to hear more and more about it. Um, I think many of us who've walked with you for some time can remember those times when it hit us like a ton of bricks. Just what you did for us. May it hit us again today. What you did for us. Reminding us again that you love us so very much. 
Thank you, God, for moments of just blowing up in worship and uh, singing how much we love you and moments of stillness. Lord, we ask your continued blessing on our friends in North Carolina as we think about how their worlds have kind of blown up. And maybe as the storm may have passed, even for some, how their moments of stillness are sort of in shock. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a people that help each other. So, Lord, as we turn our attention toward the sermon this morning, think about this quote. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for the life of Hans Urs von Balthasar. When he said, the word of God can only require something of me today that it didn't require yesterday. That means if I'm to hear this challenge, I must be fundamentally open to listening. So God, uh, that we would have hearts that would be open to listening today. Jesus, we come. We come to thee. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a seat. Good morning, everyone. Hey, it's great to be here at Hopewell. Great to worship. Love a song like that where we just get to fully sing out our hearts to the Lord and to celebrate God's great love for us. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here at Hopewell, and you've uh, heard a welcome from a few others on stage and want to welcome you as well. Uh, Just great to be here together and great to share our worship. Now, before I get into today's message, I think I need to answer the question that's on everyone's mind. You know, what is this gigantic TV doing on stage here, right? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because starting today, one lucky attender is going to have the opportunity to win this big screen color. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hate to get your hopes up. No, seriously. Um, One of the things that we are learning as we have launched uh, Hopewell Church in Bay City is we're just trying to improve that experience, we're trying to improve the online experience that we provide, and really trying to improve this experience, and so this is part of that as well. And so our tech team made up of staff and volunteers who are so committed have been working all summer long to get ready for us to roll out this out in the fall. That's totally going to help you as well. And I'm personally excited as someone who gets to teach the Word of God because I think this is going to be a tool that's going to help me when we get to passages of Scripture that I really want to drill down deep in. We can look at the particulars and highlight those even more. So take a great passage, for instance, like John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. That's what we've been singing about. And people talk a lot about God, and people talk a lot about love, but this goes even further, right? Not God generically, love generically, but how did God love us? That he gave his one and only son, that's Jesus. 
that whoever um, goes to church a lot, that whoever tries really hard to be a good person, no, what does it say here? That whoever believes, whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. One of the things, if you're new to Hopewell, that you need to understand is that we believe that the Bible is the only word of God. It is not just an inspirational book. It is an inspired, but it is God-breathed and unique among anything else that one of the ways that the Almighty God who has created all of creation and created us has revealed himself to us is through the Bible and that these timeless truths of Scripture come alive in very timely ways into our lives. And so I'm looking forward to where we're going to go with this. This is the maiden voyage. Hopefully everything's going to work out. We'll just see where it goes from here, okay? So today, and really for all our Sundays throughout September, we're going to do a series about God, about the church, and about you. And the series is entitled Engage. And I'm going to say more about this word later on, but if you've been around Hope for, Hopevale for a while, you know that I take some Sundays this time of year to deliver what I would call state of the church messages, like where we look in the Bible to hear together from God about where we are now as a church and where he seems to be taking us for the upcoming ministry year, in our case, 2018, the rest of that in 2019. And I found that September is a great time to do that because it's a time of fresh starts and new beginnings, right? Summer vacation's over, kids are back in school. Some of us are trying to make personal changes in our lives. Even around here, everything's starting up again, right? Hopefully, our kids' ministries and student ministries began last week. Our community groups, our growth classes are starting this week, and even a day like today, for instance. Like, I would be surprised if some of you are here today, because there's been some spiritual stirring that's been going on in your heart, and you felt like you needed to give church a shot or another shot, because there's something in you that says God is real, and you're trying to figure out what that means for you. Some of you, maybe you're new to the area. Job change brought you here. Maybe you're a student at Saginaw Valley or Delta, or maybe you moved back to the Great Lakes Bay region for family reasons, and you're looking for a church home. And some of you are here because of the invitation of a friend, a family member, a classmate, a coworker. They've been talking so much and so enthused about this hope valve that you felt like you needed to check it out yourself, right? Because you've never thought about faith and church and God like that before. And so you're here, right? Stories like that happen all the time of why people come and why they might be new to our church. And if that's you, we're glad you're here. Thank you for taking the risk of driving into this big, busy parking lot and stepping into this large church building surrounded by a bunch of unfamiliar people. I know that's not easy to do, So thank you for doing it. And like I said in the first service to the people in Bay City, I'd say to them, thank you for, you know, going and thinking outside of the box and, you know, worshiping at a church that meets in a school that might be kind of unconventional for you. That whatever the reason, we're glad you're here. And I truly believe that God is going to honor your steps of just openness and willingness to make your way here. And then, of course, there's the rest of us, right? We all used to be newcomers at one time, but now we are long-timers, whether in terms of months, years, or even 
decades. Hopevale is our church home. Home in terms of a place and home in terms of a people that we worship together and serve together and give together and grow in our faith together. Because it's here where many of us have experienced some very significant life milestones. Baptisms, child dedications, weddings, funerals of loved ones. It's here where we have come to know Jesus personally as our Savior. We've learned how to follow him more fully as our Lord. It's here where we've made lifelong friends and Christian companions for the journey who can encourage us but also challenge us, who laugh with us, who also cry with us. And it's here where we've made some pretty significant spiritual commitments. Commitments, rededications, confessions been stretched in our faith by doing things like teaching a class of third graders, helping out in the student ministries retreat, joining a community group, serving in the city, going on a foreign missions trip. You have grown here. You have changed here for the better by the grace of God and for his glory. That's what church should be about. That's what we want to be about. Now, everything I've just said there, you need to know that it is incredibly unoriginal, Right? It's incredibly unoriginal. This is not something that's new to this generation in 2018. No, this has been going on in the Church of Jesus Christ for the last 2,000 years, going all the way back to our Savior's original followers. Even in 2018, I need to tell you, we're not the only ones doing this. We don't have a corner on the market. Even in our own community, whether in Saginaw or in Bay City, there are a lot of other wonderful churches that are trying to do the same thing. That's why you'll often hear me say from up front, that here at Hopevale, we are a small C local church that's part of the big C Church of Jesus Christ. This is a church that spans the centuries and the continents, right? And so whether you're a newcomer or a long-timer or anyone in between, at this small C local church called Hopevale, we have a new ministry year in front of us. And with the future comes all the excitement, all the questions, and all the challenges that uncertainty brings. And so today, so we think about that uncertainty, I want to start by talking about our mission as a church. Our mission as a church is this one-sentence statement that's rooted in the timeless truths of Scripture and the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a mission that serves as a compass for us. It's our church compass that helps us discern where we are now where God is leading us and the steps then that we'll need to take to get there. So here it is, here at Hopevale, we'd like to say that we are a community of grace and truth, inviting people to know and follow Jesus. We are a community of grace and truth, inviting people to know and follow Jesus. This is the why behind all our what's, and at the center of it all is Jesus. Jesus, the eternal Son of God who was born of the Virgin Mary 2,000 years ago, was a helpless baby boy in a Bethlehem stable. Jesus, the Savior of mankind, who was unjustly crucified on the cross in our place for our sins, and yet rose victoriously from the grave to demonstrate to the world, even to us today, that he is who he says he is. Jesus, who is described in Scripture as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, who will one day return to this earth to reign over all creation fully, finally, and forever. And so if somebody asks you, what's Hopevale 
church all about and you only have one word to answer? Tell them Jesus. Jesus. The one who is described by John, one of his disciples, in the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Jesus, the one full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, this wonderful, beautiful, mysterious blend of God's absolute holiness and his unconditional love. Grace and truth. And it's in this grace and truth of Jesus Christ that we are defined as a community, okay? And I need you to get that, right? Don't skip past it, because it's important that we understand that what is our ultimate common bond as a church? What is the thing that unites us together? See, I think now more than ever before, we need to really fight to make sure that this is so. Why? Because we live in such divisive times. We live in such polarizing times. Have you noticed that? Where groups of people and even churches, they want to draw lines, they want to create identities in something other than Jesus. They do, but we can't let that happen here because that is not the church. So how do people draw lines in our culture? Well, let's take something, for instance, like race, ethnicity. Now look around here at Hope Bell, right? Just take a quick look. I mean, your eyes will tell you that we are a predominantly white church, right? But our skin color does not define our community. And it certainly shouldn't define who's in and who's out. You know, if anything, I tip my hat to people of color who have made Hope Elder Church home and what it's like to walk into this big, scary place and say, I'm going to worship God here. And that even though I may not on the externals fit in, Jesus means more to me than that, and I'm going to find my place here. So if that's you, you are welcome here. As a matter of fact, if that's you and anyone gives you a hard time about it, you talk to me. Talk to one of our elders, you talk to one of our staffs, because that's not the way we roll around here, okay? Racism is a sin, and certainly our race, our ethnicity, does not define us as a community. Here's another one. Partisan politics. Talk about the climate we live in today, how polarizing it is with so much anger and outrage. Let me say this about politics, okay? Politics are not unimportant. They're just not most important. Especially, you know, when you think about it in a church, because Jesus, he was neither a Republican nor a Democrat. Personally, I've been appalled by some of the things I'm seeing, by all the partisan political flag-waving going on in some evangelical churches led by some pastors who are high-profile, pot-stirring, hand-wringing, right? And let me tell you why this bothers me, because it takes our eyes off of the cross and onto the flag, and Jesus never intended his kingdom to be like that. So this is what I'm going to say, right? Personally, I invite you, I encourage you that if it's something that stirs your heart to be involved politically, to be involved in partisan politics, do that. I'm not discouraging you from that. Or I'm not saying that it's wrong to feel passionate about certain issues, the environment, the economy, equality, immigration, you know, whatever it is. Those things matter. But you need to know that when you walk through these doors... We're not only going to see it the same way down to every last point, and we might not feel the same passion about that issue like you do, okay? And you need to be okay with that. Why? Because those aren't the things that define our community. Jesus 
is what defines our community. That's what makes a church a church. Ethnicity, partisan politics, those are just a couple examples. If you are here last week, you heard Pastor Sam talk about next generation ministry and that we would be a church for the next generation. I love that. You know why I love that? Because age, stages of life don't define who we are. It's real easy to just mimic what's going on in culture and target everything to a specific demographic, but that's not the church. Because age doesn't define who's in and who's out. And I would rather deal with the, you know, the, the, the push and pull and the tension of the music's too loud, the music's too quiet, the lights are too bright, the lights are too stuff, you know, all that. I'm okay that it's a little, you know, we might not all get our way, because guess what? Style of worship is not the thing that unites us together. How much is in your pocketbook, what you do for a living, what's your zip code? Now, these things shape you as an individual, right? I, I don't want to downplay that. But it's not what defines us as a church. I think of the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 3.28. He's writing to first century Christians in an area then known as Asia Minor. It's what we would call modern-day Turkey. And these Christians are, 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 are ones who had their own fair share of differences. And so Paul needed to remind them of what matters most. So this is what he writes. He says this, okay, he's addressing the church, and he says, for there is neither Jew nor Gentile, that's religious standing, right? It's ethnic and religious. There's neither slave nor free, again, that's both economic and societal status. Nor is there male and female, gender, right? For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So here's the Apostle Paul, right? The most influential Christian leader of the last 2,000 years after the time of Jesus, right? And he says in one verse what I've been trying to tell you in the last five minutes, right? Now, pay attention because sometimes people misread this verse, right? This verse does not say that the moment you become a Christian, how you grew up or your ethnicity doesn't matter anymore or it somehow changes or gets erased. No, that's not it. Doesn't mean we're supposed to you know, quit our jobs and, you know, we all pool our money together and, you know, we all are the same. It doesn't mean, you know, like men stop being men or women stop being, right? That's not it, right? That's who you are. It's just not the defining line for a church. It's not where we find our common bond. What does it say here? You are all one in Christ Jesus, that Jesus is the source of our community and the salvation, the forgiveness we see in him. So back to our mission, we are a community of grace and truth inviting people to know and follow Jesus. To know and follow, see, a community of grace and truth, that's our identity, and from there we are sent out in a mission to invite other people to know and follow Jesus with us. See, here at Hopewell, we believe that in Jesus Christ there is hope for everyone, right? Hope for everyone that it's never too late to turn to Jesus Christ and that you're never too far from being able to return to God. And so we gather on Sundays to celebrate that and then we leave out during the week to share that with others that God brings across our paths. That's what we mean by inviting. And inviting, yes, that's our words, but inviting means so much more. Inviting means we share good news, we spread good deeds, we live good lives, all from the overflow of the work of God's grace in us. This hope for everyone can be experienced by everyone. 
each person, any individual, you when you come to know Jesus personally as your Savior. We saw John 3, 16 earlier, it talked about believing, right? And the belief there, though, is not just a head knowledge, right? You need to have that. You need to know things. But that's just knowing about Jesus. No, the kind of belief that's talked about in Scripture is not just a head knowledge, but also a heart response. A heart response where God opens our spiritual eyes to see our need for a Savior and where we recognize and discover that Jesus Christ and He alone is that Savior for us. It's the heart of Christianity right there. And when that happens, guess what? Everything changes. Our sins are forgiven. Our guilty record against a holy God is erased. Hell is shunned. Heaven is gained. We are brought into God's forever family as his sons, as his daughters. We're given the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit who gives us the power to overcome the failures of our past and to live differently so that we can become the kind of people that God intends us to be. And then from there, we're called into God's story. As a church, we're sent out into God's mission to live for the greatest purpose possible, one that is so much bigger than ourselves. That is the church, and all this is such a transformational experience that the Bible simply calls it life. Life. And I don't mean life as in biological existence where we mark our days and pass the time and twiddle our thumbs. No, this is a life that awakens every part of who we are, body, soul, mind, and spirit. New life, abundant life, forgiven life, resurrected life, eternal life, life everlasting in the kingdom of God. Life! It's a life that's so profound that Jesus says, you know, what will it profit a person? If they gain everything this world has to offer, everything they're chasing after, fame, fortune, fantasy, you name it. What if they get all that, but they lose their soul in the process? That's not life. They forfeit the most valuable part of who they are and who God created them to be. That's why we're so passionate. But listen, if you don't get anything else from this message, you need to know that God is in the business of changing lives. Jesus is in the business of transforming your life, of rescuing your life, resurrecting your life, taking your spiritually dead heart and making it come alive again. And it's all wrapped up in those two little words, know Jesus. How dramatic is the transformation that happens when someone comes to know Jesus Christ is their Savior. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul describes it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone you know, is believing and trusting in Jesus, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. The new has come. This is dramatic change. This isn't God just taking our old present lives and tweaking them, shining them up and proving them slightly. Now, this is dramatic transformation. This is so much more than losing weight, getting fit, making money, having friends, adding more social media likes. Not that these things are bad or wrong in themselves, but these are not transformational things. Don't underestimate what God is trying to tell you here in the drama of salvation. And so whether you are hearing this for the first time or the thousandth and first time, our here at Hopewell is for as many people as possible to experience this very thing, to know the Jesus we've been talking about, praying to, singing about, right? Personally. And that you would experience this life change 
to the fullest possible extent. And so because of that, I want to share a few implications with you. First of all, if you've got questions, doubts, fears, concerns about what this means, about what it means to know Jesus personally, reach out to someone in our church. We'd love to help you out. You can talk to one of our pastors, our ministry leaders after the service during the week. You can drop by the church office, shoot us an email, send us a private social media message, you know, however it works for you. Because we want to listen to you. We want to pray with you. And we're never going to shove anything down your throat because we realize how personal and precious and profound a faith commitment like this can be, right? But that's why we're here. We're here to help you out with that. That's why we do a class like Foundations, both in Saginaw and in Bay City, this six-week introductory class on the essentials of the Christian faith. It's meeting right now, just you know, in our venue over there. And what I love about this class, it assumes this much Bible knowledge or church background for people who come in, right? Well, come as you are, and we've got helpful, caring teachers to guide you along the way to tell you more about who this Jesus is and who he wants to be for you. So let us help you, right? Take your next step with God. Second, another implication is, though, that I bet there are some of you, not the majority of you, but there are some of you here who you've got all the head knowledge in the world about Jesus, right? But you've never had the heart response. You've been in church forever. And you know the facts about Jesus up here, but you've kept him at a distance in here. You've stayed in control of your life and refused to surrender it to Jesus. So if that's you, I want to challenge you today. I really do. To challenge you to get off the fence and make a choice. To humble yourself and to trust in Jesus and surrender your life to him. Because you can't keep putting it off forever. Now again, this isn't for everyone here, right? It's just for a select few. But you know who you are. There's got to come a time when you, gotta, you move beyond head knowledge to a heart response. You don't need anyone helps, anyone's help to do it. It's just looking to Jesus and saying, I do, to him. Where he goes from being a savior to the savior to your savior. As a matter of fact, when we get to the end of the service, I'll, I'll lead in as part of our closing prayer just the time for you to express that kind of saving faith to Jesus Christ and experience the transformation we've been talking about. And then third, when we talk about people knowing Jesus personally as Savior, I think about this time last year. So here I am. It's September of 2017. And I'm here to tell you as a church that we have a vision to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. That's when we rolled it out to you, September of 2017. And it has been amazing to see what God has done in these last 12 months. God has used many of you to turn this dream into a reality, and it's incredible. We talked about the message state in the last month about inviting as many people as possible to know and follow Jesus with us, and we want to remove all the barriers we can to make that possible. Now, of course, there are spiritual barriers that the Bible talks about, and those are real, but there are also practical barriers, and two of the barriers we identified here at Hopel is we're too full and it's too far. We're too full and it's too far. These are challenges of space and challenges of distance. 
You know, for several years we've had people who live in Bay City who've been driving in to make Hopevale their church home, and that's an incredible thing. But it's one thing to personally decide that for yourselves. So it's another thing when you, you, you want to invite a neighbor, you know, someone who lives in your own community to do the same, right? It's a big ask, and then you run the risk of getting here and finding out there's not a space for you in the parking lot or in the auditorium. And so our heart in launching Hopevale Church Bay City wasn't about shortening the commute of our congregation that lives up there. No, it was about removing the barriers, the space barriers, the distance barriers, and extending the invitation so that even more people in the Great Lakes Bay region can hear the good news of Jesus Christ and respond to God's great love for them. Now, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of prayer. But we're already starting to see some great things happen. Steve Fletcher, our campus pastor in Bay City, has shared some great stories with me over these last several months. One in particular, I think, really illustrates the point. It's the story of an older adult who spent much of their life in and around Saginaw Township. And here's the thing. When they lived around here, they never graced the doors of Hope Valley. More recent years, they've resettled into Bay City. And in one of the first Sundays when we launched, Earlier in the year at John Glenn High School, they came by just to check it out. One visit and they were hooked. And Steve has told me they not only love coming to Hopevale now, but they have connected with Jesus more deeply than ever before. They are enthusiastically growing in their faith. And not only are they worshiping every Sunday, but they're also serving on Sundays as well and becoming even more involved in the life of the church. Right? That's what it's about, inviting people to know and to follow Jesus. And so the people in Bay City, boy, it has been a lot of work, a lot of sweat, and a lot of prayer, but it's making a difference. And talking to those of you who, who have made Hope Vale Saginaw your church home, right? you guys have made a difference too. Because I love that I'm part of a church that isn't willing to just settle for status quo and to play it safe. That we're part of a church that takes seriously Jesus' greatest commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength to love our neighbor as ourselves and to really mean it, right? Really do something about it. And so here we are, September of 2018, a year removed from September of 2017. I I think it's worthwhile if we just take a moment right now in this service and praise God, give God a hand for all that he's done the last 12 months. Can we do that? Man, it is so great to see what's happening, and he certainly gets all the glory. Now, before we leave the topic of Bay City, I do want to say something to those of you who have made Hopevale Saginaw your church home, okay? So here it is. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I'm going to give you a challenge, all right? That between now and the end of the year, I want you on one Sunday to experience Hopevale Bay City for yourself. Okay, that you're going to look at your calendar, you're going to pick this Sunday, you're going to drive to, 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 to um, Bangor Township, John Glenn High School on Kiesel Road, go to the 1030 service, worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ there, and see it for yourself. Feel it for yourself. One Sunday, right? I'm not asking you to make the switch permanently or anything. I just want you to catch the vision, right? Because there are us too, one church in two locations. I want you to see what God is up to, and I guarantee you if you do that, or when you do that, I should say, it's going to inject some enthusiasm into your faith, and you're going to leave encouraged, right? It's one thing for me to hear, for you to hear me talking about it. I want you to see it. I want you to experience it for yourself, because that's what we're about here at Hope Bell, right? Our mission 
right, isn't just saying it, it's actually doing it. We are a community of grace and truth inviting people to know and follow Jesus. And I've spent a lot of time talking about the know Jesus part, and it's so important. But for the rest of our time together, just as a way to begin to land, I, I want to talk about this second part, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus, because this is where the engage part comes in. Right? I mean, we saw that when we looked at 2 Corinthians 5.17, that in knowing Jesus, it radically changes our lives. We become new creations in him. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's a saving work that is not just transformational. It is also irreversible. It is both powerful and permanent. That's why we come on Sundays to church, right? to refocus, to remember, to remind ourselves of who we are and that our lives have been forever transformationally changed because of Jesus. But here's the thing, knowing Jesus being changed by him, it's not the end of the story. It's not, no, it's just the beginning. It's the beginning of the journey of following Jesus and letting his work of change in you work itself out from the inside out, right? That's what it means to be a Christian. It's not just making a decision, praying a prayer, and checking a box and going on from there. It's being called into life even further. And I love how the Apostle Paul talks about it. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a few verses earlier when we talked about the transformation, right? What Jesus does in our life. This is what Paul also says. He says, for the love of Christ compels us. We're compelled because we are convinced that one died for all, speaking of Jesus, and therefore all died. And he, Jesus, died for all. But those who live, that's us. Now pay attention to this. We should live for what? We should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Right? This is what it means to follow. For the love of Christ compels us. I love that word compel. It is so forceful. It's so strong. And other English translations of the Bible you know, say the love of Christ um, controls us. But whether it is compel or control, I think you get the picture. That the love of Jesus shouldn't just touch our lives, but the love of Jesus should take over our lives. And what does takeover look like? <laughs> Attitudes and actions, beliefs and behaviors character and conduct, and on and on it goes. As a matter of fact, I think Paul would go so far as to say that if the transformational love of Jesus isn't impacting your life like that, then either you don't get it up here, right? or maybe even you never had it in here. And that's a pretty scary thought, right? Why? Because the love of Christ. It's a compelling love. So much so that we have a new life mission, a new life agenda to no longer live for ourselves, but for Jesus, the one who died and rose again. And so if you know Jesus, then it naturally, or should I say, you know, supernaturally follows that you are going to follow Jesus. And here's where the word engage comes in, right? This summer, as I was thinking about this series, I was praying for a word that I could share with you this fall. A word that would capture, that God would have us take into our ministry year. And I kept coming back to this word, engage. Because it felt so alive. 
Now, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says this, that to engage is to evolve a person, to involve their attention intensely, or it's to occupy the attention, the efforts of a person, right? That the idea of being engaged means you're all there and you're all in. All there and all in. There is nothing half-hearted about it. Listen, if you take everything I've said and boil it down to one statement then, it would be this, that a changed life is an engaged life. A changed life is an engaged life. That because I am a new creation in Jesus Christ, that because Christ's love compels me to live for him and not my own small little puny self-interest, because of all that, Jesus calls me now to follow him and to live this fully alive, fully present, fully engaged life with everything around me. Why? Because a changed life is an engaged life. What's it look like to live engaged then? That's what we're going to see in the weeks ahead. But let me give you a preview of coming attractions. I think our engagement looks like this, that we are engaged with God, that we are engaged with his church, and that we are engaged with his mission. Engaged with God, engaged with his church, and engaged with his mission. Now, we talk about what it means to be engaged with God, right? What it is to know Jesus personally, to experience that transformation for ourselves from his work in us and the freedom and the forgiveness that's found in him. And how this knowing Jesus personally then leads us to a lifelong journey of following more fully. But then to be engaged with his church. And we're going to dive deeper into this in the weeks to come, but even think of this summer. And for those of you who are part of our series, the One Another series, what it means to do church better, and that church is really about us coming together and living life with each other, that it's not just a place to attend, but it's a people to belong to, where we love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. That's why we make such a big deal, by the way, about community groups around here, right? Why we want to take all of us who are together on Sundays and connect further in smaller groups during the week where we can feel cared for and loved and prayed for. And so if you are not part of a community, this is the week we kick things off again. We've got people at our info desk who'd love to help you out more to know about the kind of groups in your area or what days of the week they make or anything that's going to help you take a step there to feel more involved to engage with his church, and then to engage with his mission, to live out our faith in Jesus Christ beyond the four walls of our church with authentic love. It's why we launched Hopevale Bay City. It's why I'm encouraging you to take a Sunday between now and then and the year to go there, right? So that God would grip your heart and to see that he really does want to fling the doors wide open, cast the net, and invite as many people as possible in the Great Lakes Bay region to know and to follow Jesus with us. Engage with God. Engage with his church. Engage with his mission. You know, I'm excited when I talk about this, then what that means for us as a church in the upcoming ministry year and what God has in store for you in these weeks and months ahead. There's a reason you're here. There's a reason God brought you here today, and there's a reason that you're part of this experience. Because listen, God has so much more in store for you than just to pass the time and to mark your days. And I don't know, you know, maybe this is, I'm just real sensitive to this, because over the last two weeks that I've officiated two funerals 
And it reminds me that our time on this planet is brief, right? So God has a vision for your life, one that is fully alive, fully present, fully engaged. Why? Because a changed life is an engaged life. And when you engage with God, engage with his church, engage with his mission where you're no longer living for yourself, but for the one Jesus who died and rose again for you, then guess what? You're going to experience a joy. You're going to experience a life like you've never known before. Some of us have had tastes of that through our years. And we want more. We want more. And that's what we want, not only for you personally, but for us as a church, to engage and to enjoy. Let's pray together. God, this has been a great day. It's been a special Sunday. And it's so good to remind us why we're here for such a time as this. Certainly a message like this causes us to stop and to say thank you. Thank you for your son, for his love, for his sacrifice, for his victorious resurrection that breathes life into all of us who believe, a life that is transformed and forever changed. God, some of us needed to hear that again because it's grown old and weary with us. So thank you, Jesus. Blow the fresh winds of your spirit into our heart that we may be fully alive, fully present, fully engaged. Others of us, Lord, we're still figuring things out. And for them, Lord, I just pray for a next step. You'd show them what it is. If, if they came here for the first time, it just it might mean coming in another Sunday. It might mean talking to someone. It might mean getting involved in a class or a group. Or for some, Lord, as I talked about, some with the head knowledge. Today's the day for a heart response. A day to cry out to you a simple prayer, something like this. Jesus, I need you. I'm no longer putting you at arm's distance. But I'm humbling my heart and trusting you fully to be my Savior. To forgive my sin and to breathe in me your eternal life. And God, thank you that you are in the business of changing lives all because of Jesus. Lord, for us as a church, we know that a changed life is an engaged life, so help us more deeply to engage with you, to engage with your church, to engage with your mission, and to continue to honor you and to fling the invitation out wide open to people in our community, in this region, so that they can know and follow Jesus with us. God, we give you our worship. We give you our lives. Jesus, we want to follow you and pray all this in your name. Amen. Yeah, so we're encouraged to follow after the things of God and Christ really powerfully and really passionately, friends. So. Let's do that. Let's declare that to God together. Let's stand and tell him we'll do it. Take us in, Aaron. Let's sing this together. Here we go. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.
praise to God. We clap as an affirmation. And as I was standing in the back, I was just so excited thinking, boy, the hundreds of voices praying that from sincere hearts, what God could do with that. How it would change lives, change marriages, change families, change a church and change a community. And it all begins with a prayer of availability to what the power of God through his Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus can do in us and through us. In you, there's life everlasting. In you, there's freedom for my soul. In you, there's joy, unending joy. Do you believe that today? Yes. Amen. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue our Engage series. But as you go from here, may he give you the grace to follow him more fully. God bless you.